This is Tom Fox, and I'd like to welcome you to Innovation in Compliance. In this podcast series, I will bring you interviews with some of the leading experts who are changing the way practitioners approach compliance. Although the name compliance is in the title, it's really about innovation. And I wanted to drive the conversation about innovation in compliance into the 2030s and beyond with a focus on innovations for the compliance practitioner and the compliance professional. You want to learn how to bring your business into an innovative state and more innovative business solutions for compliance problems, issues, and concerns. This is the podcast for you. Innovation and Compliance is a production of Compliance Podcast Network. In this episode, I visit with Ann Ginn. Ann has been in content creation for her entire professional career, and she shares strategies that content creators can use that will be applicable to the corporate compliance professional creating content for your customer base, which of course is your employees. Hello everyone, this is Tom Fox back for another episode and I'm absolutely thrilled today to have with me Anne Quinn again. And first of all, welcome and thank you so much for taking the time to visit with me today. Well, thanks for the invitation. I'm excited to be here. And um, you may not know this, but most of my audience is corporate types, corporate compliance and other business executives. But I've really been intrigued with what you guys and you are doing at the tilt in terms of content creation and how you all really uh, facilitate that um, uh, group and community and really in many ways, I think, lead the discussion. So happy and proud subscriber to your newsletter. And that's how I came across you. And I think you guys have a lot to say to the corporate world, specifically because uh, the compliance professionals listening to this, their customers are their employees. So they are speaking to an internal audience and they don't think of content creation as a mechanism, but they're doing it every day. They're doing ongoing communication, sometimes training in a variety of settings. It could be email, it could be video, it could be a town hall. And it just struck me that what you guys are doing and what you're facilitating in your conversation really makes a ton of sense for the compliance professional to think about, or as I say, have your people talk to my people. <laughs> so that I was really excited uh, to have you on the pod. So with that, could you tell us a little bit about your professional background? Yeah. So um, I have been in content for many years from it and, and goes back to actually before high school, but around high school, my nickname was actually Editor Ann, and that's still what I'm doing today. So it, part of what I'm doing today, but it's still around all things content. So my background's actually in journalism, and I was a daily newspaper reporter when newspapers were daily and <laughs> printed from that, and then uh, moved over into marketing and public relations. And the great thing about journalism training, right, is it lends itself to a lot of what modern, and by modern, I mean the last 15 plus years of marketing to get into and of, of public relations. And as you were talking about, really all communication in a way that content has taken on a new life or an expanded life, maybe. 
So I came into the content creation world in about 2010. I was starting a new business focused on legal and regulatory compliance. I'm a lawyer by professional training, and I'd always written a lot of legal articles. I was laid up from an accident, so I started blogging and started tweeting, LinkedIn, social media. That led to um, my first book. That led to podcasting, and I've either evolved or devolved, I'm not sure which, into <laughs> largely content creation, but I'm, I absolutely see uh, what you just said. And I really wanted to start with as general as I could get, what is a content creator, business entrepreneur, or other? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question, and it's a new burgeoning term. So we like to say content entrepreneur, which is more specific, and I'll, I'll kind of get into that. But it's a person, in the old days, you needed media, right, to get, to get reach audiences. You need the newspaper, the television station, whatever it was, but, but a formal kind of mainstream media or trade publication, whatever it was, to get to an audience. In this digital age, you don't, that's not required to access an audience and you can build your own audience. And that's what content entrepreneurs are. I like to say that they're mini media companies, really. They're solo media companies because that's what you're building an audience to the idea is to run the business part of it, right? Not just create content, but to get an audience that then you can monetize in a couple different ways from that. And that's what media companies have been doing for years, right? Selling subscriptions, selling ads and selling products. So it's kind of an exciting time because individuals, and you've been doing it for a while, right? Is to have a business, a media business that you can do as much or as little with as you want. So, and I tell people, if you give me a word, I can give you a sentence. If you give me a sentence, I can give you a paragraph. If you give me a paragraph, I can give you a, a blog. If you give me a blog, uh, I can use that to create a white paper. And if you give me a white paper, I can use that as the basis for a chapter of a book. And if you give me a chapter, I'll write a book around it. Turns out that same sort of either process or mentality works in a podcast. But with a podcast, I can get a transcript, which can form the basis of a blog, which can then form the basis of a white paper, which then, then form the basis, basis of a chapter of a book. Is, is that the, pro, uh, do you guys advocate a process for the content creator or do you go in a different direction? So it depends on the creator. We are advocates of do as much with what you have or what you create rather than creating something new for everything. So your podcast example is perfect, right? You don't have to create a podcast, do an episode, then write an article, public, think of a newsletter topic and, and put it all together. You can take one content product because we believe content is, is products, our products, I'll get my grammar, but the content products can be blown up into other pieces, parts that you don't have to recreate the wheel every time from it. And that's really how you can make the most of your content and whether you're an entrepreneur or someone else and have still have time to, for a life rather than creating everything that you need to start from scratch. I talked to a lot of creators for a lot of different podcasts. So I talked to authors, I talked to artists, I talked to songwriters, and I'm as guilty as the next, as this is anyone. But is hopefully do content creators need to understand the business side of entrepreneurship? 
Yeah. And that's really where the tilt goes is there's a lot of stuff out there about how to create content, how to do what you have, make the most of the content you have. What we focus on with our audience is how to run a business because, and I always say this, people get into they like the creation part, right? They like the content part. That's usually why they get into the business. They're not doing it because they want to be entrepreneurs. At least that's not the first part. The first part's usually the content. So the second part is usually the weaker of their skill set or the thing that they don't pay as much attention to. And frankly, it's the harder part if you're a creator is to think of the business side. So that's where we focus on with the tilt is the business side of how you're on content business should operate. And that really leads me directly into, tell us about the tilt, what products you offer, what services you offer. Uh, the great, it's a great newsletter. You have incredible resources available for free on the website, but just tell us about the tilt. Yeah. Well, thank you. We, uh, it's, it's a love and a business, which is a lot, a lot of content business. So a couple of years ago, the tilt started by Joe Polizzi was the founder of the tilt and for those of you in the audience probably don't know, because this is a compliance audience, Joe started the Content Marketing Institute about 15 years ago now and, and had a very profitable sale. But he got back into the business. He didn't think he was going to do this. He got back into the business because he saw more people during the pandemic asking questions about his book, Content Inc., and running a content business. So I joined him when we started it. And the newsletter comes out. It's a newsletter, free newsletter, twice a week, Tuesdays and Fridays. We always have a feature that tackles what I what we were talking about, either a, a marketing, a business operations, audience growth, revenue, that kind of thing. And then we profile other content entrepreneurs along with some news that we curate from, from all the sources out there. Well, from many of the sources out there. And then the other part of the tilt is the annual content CEX, Content Entrepreneur Expo for that. So... It keeps, it keeps everybody busy. And this year, Lulu Publishing came in and, and purchased the tilt, but nothing's changed as far as that goes. We still have the newsletter. We're still having the same, delivering the same content. It's just, we will be launching at the beginning of the year, an imprint in, called Tilt Publishing for entrepreneurs who watch wow, regular very books. Very So, yeah. Wow. Um, I'd like to ask you about some of the common mistakes you see. And I want to first spin it off to the business side and then maybe over to the content creation side. So what are some of the two or three common mistakes you see content creators make on the business side of entrepreneurship? And it kind of goes to the other side too. They spend too much time on the creation side. So it works. Marketing is the biggest thing, right? It, it's, it's, the, it's the reason you did it. There's nothing wrong with it. It's the reason that you want to get into it. But if you want to do the business side, it's a lot of marketing, right? Of growing your audience, of looking for opportunities, um, marketing your products. And that's where I think people don't spend enough time on marketing. We do an annual research survey of content entrepreneurs and about of the full-time successful content entrepreneurs, less than 50% of their time is spent on content creation. The rest is spent on the business. So it is a differentiator between those who are able to go full-time and make it their only revenue stream and those who aren't to do that. So I think marketing's one of them. I think waiting to get help. <laughs> so it's a, usually you're a solo entrepreneur and you try to do everything and 
it that and you wait right even when you're starting to earn revenue you still wait to hire make that first hire whether contract and i'm not saying a full-time employee that's a different operation or a bigger commitment but just that full-time or part-time or contract worker who can assist and assist in areas that aren't your specialty um, again the research tells us about 18 months and sometimes before it's hired after launch and if you can do it, it's helpful. And, and I don't mean it's helpful to get help, but you also can look to ways to pay financially, but you could trade. Maybe somebody does one thing better than you and you could trade services or, or something like that. Um, the final one I would say of the top three is, is professional services, right? Legal and accounting are essential to get right. <laughs> That's your compliance audience knows, right? If you don't, you're going to end up in much bigger trouble. You may get by, and most people do, but you don't want to go. I often see people in, in groups saying, like a Facebook group saying, hey, who's got a contract for this? Or what do you think about this? And nobody's an attorney in the group and nobody's offering legal advice or where this, yeah, it just frightens me when I see those requests. So I'd say that's a that's a challenge for some entrepreneurs. What about on the content side? Do you advocate a cadence for creating content? Do you advocate when the spirit moves? I personally have used both, but I would say much more incredibly efficient. The most efficient I became was when in 2011, I committed to a daily blog and it forced me uh, to literally write daily. But the discipline was I set aside an hour a day and I would, write something. And that's really what led to the plethora of books I published was I started creating this incredible library of content that I could repurpose at a later date. Do you counsel young entrepreneurs or young content creators, I should, should say, or do they already have the spirit? I think they have the spirit. It's the commitment and diligence that tends to lack. And I forget, um, you've had how many, about how many podcast episodes have you done now? Too many to count. Yeah, I was just going to say far beyond. Just getting to 10 podcast episodes is a huge feat because most podcasts never do that, right? Everybody gets excited. It's also why I say um, they they get excited, they launch it, you hear all these announcements and, and then it you go to the site and blogs were notorious for this and still are, you know, nothing's been published in two years from that or, or longer. So what I always say is you have to commit to doing it. And that daily blog, I'm very impressed because that's a huge commitment. At the beginning, commit to what the minimum you think you can do. Don't get ambitious. Like, in fact, I would say don't do daily, don't commit to daily. If you do daily, that's okay. But you don't have to do, you know, commit to the minimum because, and here's where it goes, right? This is the business part. Your audience is going to come to expect it. And if you just show up whenever the spirit moves you, your audience isn't going to be paying that much attention to you. They may look at it, they may not, but they're going to find they can live their lives just fine without you. So it is about being structured and, and really committing to it. But it's more about the audience, in fact, than I think that is for the creator. That really leads to something I learned listening to a series from the mystery writer or thriller writer, James Patterson. And the topic was his brand. And he looked at the camera and uh, he said, this is my brand. And he put his hand out 
to give a handshake. And he said, it's because my audience knows when they pick up a James Patterson book, they're going to get a certain type of book. Now I can change that, but I have to communicate to an audience that I'm going to write a rom-com or I'm going to write a teenage young teen book so that people aren't, aren't surprised. And I'd never heard it phrased that way, but part of that is exactly what you said. It's the commitment. And I tell potential podcasters, it doesn't matter the cadence of your release two a month, four a month, one a month, set the audience expectations and meet them. If you're saying you're going to do four, don't do two because you won't be trusted. If you do two, you can increase to four, but you have to meet that cadence that you, your audience expectations. So I completely agree with that. And then I tell people, you want to own your space and I don't care what it is, do a daily. You do a daily, you will get noticed. And I said that at a podcast conference and this guy raised his hand and said, well, I do a podcast for veterans from Iraq. I said, do a daily, do a five minute daily show. Doesn't matter what it is, but you'll get noticed and you will own that space. Um, And when I started, I started my daily podcast about six or seven years ago and I did it at night. So I made sure I had all the right news. It was the latest breaking news. And I spent an hour curating stories and now I do it in 15 minutes. And uh, so, yeah. Yeah. You do learn and you do get more efficient in it, but yeah, if people want to hear from you, you know, I don't have to listen every day, but I know I can. Right. So I think and building up to that, the consistency is key. And if you can be consistent daily, that's you're right. People don't usually complain. Oh, there were too many episodes from that to come through and go away. They may not choose to listen to everyone, but they're at least going to know they have the option. And that's, that's huge. In doing a little research for this podcast, I came across the Creator Economy Expo. And I wanted to ask you to tell us a little bit about that, but I'm going to preface it with, number one, I have to say your pricing is incredibly competitive. (laughs) I'm coming from a compliance world where it's very different pricing. But what I would love to see is corporate types come and just listen and listen to all the passion, listen to the age difference perspectives that I assume someone like me, I'm in 60s, would hear and see at such an event. But I just thought it was a fascinating event, a fascinating lineup, and a clear commitment by the Tilt to, to serve its community. So tell us a little bit about the expo. Yeah. So in fact, it, the Creator Economy Expo, which we had started two years ago from that in 2021, no, 2022, time goes by too quickly. So it started as a Creator Economy Expo, and it's an event for content entrepreneurs, really what we cover in the newsletter, right? It, but in person with people who've been there and have lessons to teach. So talking about revenue, uh, talking about subscribers and audience growth, talking about business operations, search engine optimization, marketing, all, all those kind of things. And in fact, talking about the audience of who shows up, one of the things, and this is why we changed the name, the creator economy has become so broad. And yet most people think of it as influencers, right? Of popularity contests, so to speak, of the Kardashians and all that kind of thing. 
where we have found the audience are expert creators. So knowledge-based content businesses that are not based on popularity, but based on teaching people or entertaining people in, in some way. So that's why CEX, fortunately, we talk about branding, right? CEX stays, but it's the Content Entrepreneur Expo and it's next May 5th through 7th in Cleveland, Ohio. And it's interesting you talk about pricing because the pricing is very reasonable because we know that this is the individual paying out of their pocket travel and all that, plus the coming to the conference. Um, and so we want to make it certainly worth their time, make it affordable. And it's both the conversations, the networking, the just hearing other people in a similar circumstance or going through their challenges can actually be the highlight for, for some people. And unfortunately, we are near the end of our time for this episode, but I wanted to ask you before we leave, if our listeners wanted any more information on yourself or the lead, excuse me, the tilt, where would be the best place or places for them to go? Yeah, they can go to thetilt.com and they can sign up for the newsletter there. There's links to the Creator Con Content Entrepreneur Expo, CEX, get used to saying it. We just changed it last week for that. And for me, they're welcome to look LinkedIn for Angin. There's lots of M's in my name. So A-N-N-G-Y-N-N. -N -N, and I'd love to connect with people. Well, Anna, I wanted to uh, thank you for taking the time to visit with me. It's been a delightful visit. Thanks for the conversation. This is Tom Fox again. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Innovation and Compliance. I've linked to David's profile on LinkedIn as well as the IntelliKey Academy. Uh, you should check it out. It's got some great resources. And if you're looking for a way to assess your own potential and help grow professionally, or you'd like to have some of your employees uh, be involved in that process, it will be a great resource for you. If you've enjoyed this podcast, I hope you'll subscribe, rate, and review wherever great podcasts are listened to. Innovation and Compliance is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network.